grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. Let's rip open the cover of the sealed section. Welcome to After Dark with Louise Wilkinson. Let's talk about a taboo subject, shall we? Tonight, I'll borrow a quote from poet Tom Robbins to set the tone. The day of the full moon, when the moon is neither increasing nor decreasing, the Babylon's called Sabbat, meaning heart rest. It was believed that on this day, the woman in the moon, Ishtar, as the moon goddess was known in Babylon, was menstruating. For in Babylon, as in virtually every ancient and primitive society, there had been since the earliest of times a taboo against women working, preparing food or travelling when she was passing her monthly blood. So on Sabbat, from which comes our Sabbath, men as well as women were commanded to rest for when the moon menstruated, the taboo was on everyone. Originally and naturally observed once a month, the Sabbath was later to be incorporated by the Christians into their creation story and made conveniently weekly. So nowadays, hard-minded men with hard muscles and hard hats are relieved from their jobs on Sundays because of an archetypal psychological response to menstruation. Tonight, I welcome to Lipstick After Dark the amazing Lucy Peach, self-confessed period preacher, TED Talk giver, and author of Period Queen, Over the month of August, Lucy will be delving into the power that can be harnessed in our monthly cycles and is passionate about educating both women and the men who love us on how each phase is unique and magical in its own way. Timberlina is back with her special brand of drag therapy and Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples explore love languages and how understanding your partner's love language is crucial to success in relationships. Tonight at 5pm, our world became just a little bit smaller for a week at least, so we both have nowhere to be. Relax, enjoy, and let the sexy lessons wash over you. This is Lipstick After Dark. Want some love and sex advice? Searching for the answer to your complex, confusing or downright awkward questions. The queen of the Newcastle drag scene is in the building. It's time for In Bed with Timberlina on After Dark. The fabulous Timberlina is back in the house. Hola, hola, another week. Yes. yes. My favourite part of the week, actually. Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, you get to live out your sexual life here, right here, live on Newcastle I, Live Radio. I know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I get so much great feedback, I must tell you, from my friends, and they listen to this and they go, they go you know, I got a lot out of that. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of other stuff that we're just making up on the spot. I mean, actually, no, we've done a lot of research. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, Timberland is halfway through a psychology degree. It's. (laughs) Imagine, oh, God, I would be the worst psychologist. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay. Here's the question. Dear Timberlina. I've been seeing a guy for two months and I'm really into him. I'm realising there may be some long-term compatibility here and he says he feels the same. The thing is, we don't really vibe sexually. 
I can't put my finger on what it is, but we just don't seem to connect in the bedroom, but we connect everywhere else. I'm a really sexual girl and that's important to me. What do I do to get him to get on the same page with me sexually? He's a little bit vanilla. Damn gal. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I guess my biggest thing, I feel like I say this every week, is communication. Um, Yes. Maybe, but you could always bring in some like toys and see if he's into that kind of thing Mm. and start like bringing different kinds of things into the bedroom to see if he's into that. And then he might be like, oh, okay, we're doing this. And then he might get into it. Maybe exploring different things, I guess. That's what I'm really trying to say. Um, Because you never know what he's into if you don't talk about it or start introducing stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. and here's yeah. the thing that I think, like with with all of this discussion around consent and that sort of thing, I think having talked to my male friends, they're a little bit gun shy at the moment to maybe push the boundaries because they don't know whether that's the right thing to do. So I think with every privilege, there's a responsibility with women. So yeah. it's fantastic that these conversations are happening and uh, and there is a new level of respect and a new level of awareness that men have in terms of honouring a woman's body. But we also need to communicate with them to let them know what we're comfortable with so that they're really clear on it, that these are my boundaries, as tight or as loose as those are. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And I guess that comes back to communication and having like, as you said, those boundaries put into place. Um, And I feel like once they know that, that they can be like, oh, yep, cool. We're on it. We're getting into it. Yeah. And like, they'll probably be, he'll probably come out of his shell then. Yeah. And the next minute you're like hanging from the roof. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Last week we did a a BDSM and um, that was, that was very uh, eye opening for everyone involved. So, yes. (laughs) Love that though. Oh dear, yes. <laughs> Apparently, there's knots. There's certain knots that you have to tie and everything. Yeah. Oh, it's a full like. It's like when you're younger, when you go to those scout things. That's when it all comes into play. <laughs> you don't use it in the wildlife. You use it in the bedroom. Oh my god, I love it. Okay. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Here's today's last question. So it says, Timberlina, over the course of the time I've been listening to you on Lipstick After Dark, I have heard you touch on some blowjob techniques. Can you summarize them all for me? <laughs> God. Um, this person has come to my shows as well because I do this one where it's like you put your hands in the air. Um, you can't, obviously can't see me right now. Um, and then you bring your thumbs across your palms and mm-hmm. then you bring your fingers over your thumbs and squeeze really, really tight, like really tight. And then you just go, Ooh, and right. you should be able to take it all. Oh, um, yes. And then. Do you have to my- have your hand in the air while you do it? Is that part of it? Yeah. Okay. So like it's you're like. too worried about what's happening in your mouth. That, right. Like, you're taking the whole thing because you worry about what's happening in your hands. <laughs> Oh, I see. That's how to so, take the whole penis. Right. Um, so it's like a look, mum, no hands situation. Yeah. You've got to put them in the air. Yes. Right. Got it. Correct. Yep. One. Two, I'll just say tongue. Use tongue. Okay. Um, when you're going up and down, up and down. Um, and not too sloppy either. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. 
I feel like, I don't know, like you can't just put me on the spot like that. Um, there's probably so many more different techniques. Next time I'm doing it to somebody, I'll take a pen and paper and stop and make, <laughs> make notes. notes. <laughs> Look, Sorry, I, I just need to make notes. Do yeah. you mind just waiting? <laughs> yeah. Love it. Um, I have, uh, I would say, the juxtaposition to you, the ugly truth boys, and they come on to the lipstick lunch and, they, and they're and they like tradey blokes, you know, like real ochre blokes. And I did ask them this question and they both answered at the same time with one word, effort. That was it. One makes a good blowjob, effort. Yeah, it's true though. Like I get so much feedback on mine. Um, I'll give my all, really. It's like doing a performance. Absolutely. If you don't get that was the best of my life, then you need to look at your technique, I feel. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. 100%. You have yeah. a fab weekend, my friend. You too. Thank you. I love a good quickie. Yeah. Quickie this week. Yep. Thank you so much. Yep. Efficient. We are efficient. In and out. Woohoo. Go love us. Okay. I'll see you next week. Okay. Love ya. See ya. Bye. That was Timberlina. And you're listening to Lipstick After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark. Right here on Newcastle Live Radio. Let me ask you a question if you're a person born with female anatomy. What day of your cycle are you on? It's an important question and one that we don't pay much attention to unless the shedding is imminent or missing completely. What if I told you that there's power in your menstrual cycle all month long? Intrigued? Lucy Peach, author of The Period Queen, is a period preacher blowing the lid off shame and empowering people to have their best period ever. In this series on Lipstick After Dark, Lucy will guide us through how to life hack our cycles for creativity, productivity, connection and self-love. Lucy Peach, welcome to Lipstick After Dark. Thanks for having me, Louise. It's an absolute pleasure. And look, I've been, I'm fangirling a little bit. I have been a a big fan of your work for a little while now. So I'm really excited to get you onto the show and to share your message with our listeners. So tell us a little bit about your journey and how you became a self-professed period preacher. Okay. Well, um, let's see. I've I'm 40 years old. Mm. I've been menstruating since I was about 12. And for the first 15 years, my cycle was pretty uh, uneventful. But then I started working as a sexual health educator Mm. um, at a place called SHQ in Western Australia, which is sort of like family planning. They have them in all of the states. And it was a really pivotal time in my life. I was 27. I had a little boy who was two and I was really privileged to be getting paid to learn about all of these things that ultimately really empowered me and really informed the way I parented and had relationships. And so, you know, just so many things like, you know, so many things that people just don't sort of um, get taught about. Even something as simple as, for instance, you know, when you go and have a pap smear, it's quite within your rights and should be encouraged that if you feel like it, you can pop the speculum in yourself. So you just sort of have a little moment where you're actually part of the whole process. You know, you're in, you feel like you're in control and you're just, um, you have more agency, things, things like that, just yeah. for example. And so, yeah, I, I read about lots of different things and, and one of them was around the menstrual cycle, more fully understanding 
about the, the phases within the month. Um, one of the books that I read at the time was called The Optimized Woman by Miranda Gray. Right. And, um, and yeah, that was kind of what kicked it off for me. She talks about the um, premenstrual phase as being the creative phase. Right. And as a songwriter or a um, burgeoning songwriter as I was at the time, I just thought, well, that's really interesting because here's this other sort of way that I can channel that premenstrual energy instead of using it to to be pretty unkind to myself. And I think, mm, yeah, <laughs> you know, we're so kind of we're we're conditioned really to sort of be in this default. I'm doing air quotes masculine mode um, yes. because that's sort of just the way that the the powers that be have um, deemed that things be so. And so we're all kind of, you know, fitting into this mould. And for some of us, it doesn't work very well, particularly if you have a cycle, you know, where you're not meant to feel the same every day. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Understanding that and and particularly for the premenstrual phase was, was kind of the big aha moment for me that, oh, okay, I can... I, I know I'm going to feel this way every month and I can choose to kind of do it the nice way or the crap way. And once I, um, you know, started really accepting and being kind to myself and, and using it to be creative, I just noticed that I liked myself a whole lot more. And so this was back in 2008, mm. 2009. Um, and I just used to kind of go on about period power to, anyone who would listen. And back then, people didn't really want to listen. It was kind of an anomaly. Um, oh, there's Lucy. She's banging on about a period again. Um, <laughs> but then I kind of just wrote the show by accident at the encouragement of guy that I met, and I, I didn't sort of overthink it. I just thought, well, I'll just write this little show, and it will just be like a you know, sexual health education session, but I'll put songs in there and I'll have cakes and I'll give people chocolate and let, you know, maybe my family will come along. And <laughs> that was back in 2016. And it was a timing thing because I was really blown away by how excited people were to come to the show and how excited they were to share their own stories. And I just never forget the feeling of, you know, that first run of shows, that first week, and people wouldn't leave the foyer. They were talking to strangers about their own cycles and their, what day they were on and about their own experiences. And I just, I was just hooked, you know, because yeah. I think it's so powerful to speak to something that's been really cloaked in shame and to feel like you can just be a little part of, shining a light on what's good about it and people don't need much encouragement, you know, because we all know this stuff. We all know innately if you have a cycle, you know, there are ups and downs and there are times where you feel, you know, different sorts of energy and really all I've done is put a bit of language to it that um, makes it easy to talk about and and so that's, I guess, what I do now and I, I go into schools. Last night I gave a presentation to the WA women's cricket team at the Wacker. And these are things that, you know, five years ago, I just could not have imagined that yeah. people would want to have had this conversation. But all of a sudden, it's really, um, it's just exploding. And I just, 
I'm so excited for the future because I think that if a whole generation, multi-generations are really starting to cotton onto this idea that actually there's nothing wrong with me. There is nothing wrong with feeling different from day to day. And actually there's power in that. Mm-hmm. Then if you fast forward to sort of, you know, five, 10, 15 years time, and we've got people who have had this embodied experience of not having to live with internalized shame um, and actually feel good about, you know, what their bodies do, then I just can't even imagine where that's going to go. And I just hope that I'm around to see it. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm sure you will be. And you've been such a pioneer because you're right. I mean, going back to when we're a similar age and when I started my cycle, the only real reference to it was uh, blue liquid on a pad on yeah. those ads. And yep. to have heard what you have to say and noticing that within my own body and the power in that and as you say the the different ebbs and flows and the different stages of the cycle have has actually been so empowering for me even at my age so Mm. to be spreading that message to young girls and actually getting them to stand in their womanhood is such a beautiful thing and so important, I think. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking the four different phases of the menstrual cycle, which I'm really excited for. So can you just give us a little bit of an overview on those phases that we're going to be looking at a little bit more in depth over the next few weeks? Sure. So basically... I think what is a really good sort of um, thing to undo in your mind is that, you know, the menstrual cycle is just about the period yeah. because there's all this focus on just managing and being discreet and like you said, you know, the blue liquid, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just so much more than that. It's just yep. so much more than that. So I'm really excited to be chatting with you about this and getting stuck into the phases. And so for an overview Basically, we know that there are two major events in the menstrual cycle. You've got menstruation and ovulation. Yes. And so you are either experiencing one of these two events or you're preparing for one of these two events. And that's where we get the four phases. Right. Right. So you're menstruating, you're preparing to ovulate, you're ovulating, you're preparing to menstruate. Right. And so it's really all governed by hormones, which are our sort of drivers. And so we've got estrogen, which, you know, makes you faster and stronger and grows things. And then we've got progesterone, which, as the name suggests, progestate, it's pro for pregnancy. And it's really about, uh, it's also known as nature's feel-good hormone. So you've kind of got, you know, the, the, the faster and then the kind of more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And you've got a little bit of testosterone in the middle. And so the first phase is when you have your period and your hormones are flatlined. And I call this the dream phase because, you know, this is really the time to kind of stop before you start and do this whole thing. It's really a time to sort of just be with yourself a little bit and um, to really nurture yourself and see that time of rest and contemplation as an investment yes. in in your month ahead. So that's the dream phase. And then as you're as you finish bleeding and your estrogen starts to rise, now you're getting ready to ovulate. So this is the do phase because, you know, you're about to lay an egg. You've got stuff to do. <laughs> you've got stuff to do, and yeah. <laughs> as long as you've got enough rest in the dream phase, now you're really firing on all cylinders. 
which is why I call it the do phase. Yeah. Um, and then with that peak in estrogen, you get a little shot of testosterone and that pushes you over into the, the ovulation phase, which I call the give phase because with this big influx of progesterone, you know, you're still riding high on the, on the energy of the do phase, but you sort of lose your edge and, and now you're really about connecting and communicating and collaborating. So this is a really good time to invest in the relationships that are important to you, you know, to yeah. really kind of, yeah, tend to all of those connections that, that keep you strong. This is your time to really nurture those connections. Yeah. And then the final phase is when we're premenstrual and preparing to <laughs> menstruate again. And it's the one that really cops the most black. If you look at the graph, which is in my book or on my website, you can see that actually, you know, you're coming down this sort of metaphorical mountain. So you're, you know, you're getting ready to, to replenish. But at the moment, you're letting go. You're losing all of these hormones. You're coming down the mountains. And if you expect yourself to be doing and giving when actually you're getting ready to let go, then that can make that time of the month really, really difficult. But mm. I call it the take phase because if you if you know where you are and you know what you need, then you can take what you need so that you can do this whole thing again. Um, and it's just really important that we have that understanding within ourselves because I can't look at you and say, oh, Louise looks like she's sort of day 27. I might not ask her for a favour or, you know, turn music out really loud or, yeah, you know, because I, cause I don't know. So if you say to me, hey, I'm day 27 I and, you know, I would just love to go home 15 minutes early and can I have a piece of your cake or whatever it yeah. is, then you're communicating to me what you need and, you know, I mean – it's up to me how I respond to that. But ultimately, if you take responsibility for just saying what you need, that's the first step really is just is just communicating what you need and then taking it because you deserve it because you've done your dreaming, you've done your doing, you've done your giving and now it's time for you to take. And then that's the whole cycle, wash, rinse, repeat 450 or so times. Yes, <laughs> it, isn't it? Yeah. And what I do love about that is the balance in mm. those four phases because, yes. yeah, you dream, you do, you give, you take. Like it, it's, mm. it is a really nice synergy, isn't it? Mm. And it's it- not to say that you can't, you know, do whatever you want whenever you want. It's just that if you have a cycle, you can lean into these phases and you can really use them to just – you know, do certain things at certain times and feel like you're really in flow. Love it. That's beautiful. Mm. Lucy, I can't wait to delve deeper into each of these phases with you over the next few weeks. We're going to finish with one of your amazing tracks. This Mm. is Lucy Peach and your blood is amazing. You're listening to Lipstick After Dark on Newcastle Live Radio. Ever wondered about Tantra? Perhaps you want to know the benefits of sperm retention. Luke and Sindra from Conscious Couples invite you to explore the outer limits of your sexuality on After Dark. It's time once again to welcome back Sindra and Luke from Conscious Couples. How are we today, people? So good. We're very good. It's my birthday, so can't complain. It is, yes, and happy birthday, Sindra. Uh, Thank yeah, you. I'm I'm all for people who have proper birthdays. Mine's Christmas Day, so oh. yeah, I know. 
Sad, mine's right? Two, mine's two days after Christmas, so I'm there with you, babe. Oh, high five to you. <laughs> How bad is it when people actually, you know, use Christmas paper on your birthday present? <laughs> or they tell you, oh, this one's for Christmas and, and birthday. birthday. And yeah. like, my cousin Joel got the exactly the same thing just for Christmas. Where's my <laughs> birthday present, bro? <laughs> yep, yep. We can do. All of the Capricorns. Yeah, yeah. See, but you love Capricorns as a species, don't you, Sindra? Like, you know, we're reliable, we're hardworking, we're earthy people, you know, genuine. So, (laughs) all right, but we aren't talking about star signs today, but we are talking about something quite similar. And um, that is love languages, isn't it? We all have different love languages. Explain to us the concept. So um, there's a guy called Dr. Gary Chapman who um, came up with a theory. He wrote an amazing book called The Five Love Languages and he came up with a theory that we like to give and receive love in ways that were patterned from when we were um, kids. So um, his five love languages that he came up with were words of affirmation, acts of service, physical touch, gifts and quality time. So depending on how your parents gave and, you know, showed you love as a child, you will end up um, sort of mirroring that in your adult relationships. So say if you had a a mum that was really cuddly um, and that's how you knew that your mum loved you, that she would give you a big squeeze and a cuddle, um, you know, give you a back scratch, then when you grow up and you want to show somebody that you love them, then you want to give them that physical touch as well. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And everybody's is different. There's no right or wrong. Um, And it really does help to help you connect when you know what your partner's love language is because they're all, you know, we we rate them so differently. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, if anyone is curious and doesn't doesn't know theirs, you can just jump on and just Google five love languages and there's a quiz on there to find out. So highly recommend doing that for yourself and getting a partner to do that as well. Mm. It's one of the first things that we do in our like couples program if they haven't done it before and kind of have a conversation around it. Yeah, yeah, because it is, I mean, mine is, I've done mine, so I'm a, I'm a big advocate of this. And so mine is 40% physical touch. Mm. So if I am absent from my lover for a period of time, I feel really neglected because I can't Mm. touch them. Mm. Whereas another friend, it might be words of affirmation and they're okay with a phone call and hearing those things down the, down the phone line. So it's, it's really important to understand what motivates your partner to be able to show that to them and also for them to understand how you tick. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yep, totally. So in our coaching, we talk a lot about, you know, the recipe for a successful relationship is normally communication, connection and intimacy. And like this communication to connection piece is huge when it comes to building up to wanting to be intimate or having that intimate energy in the relationship. So knowing how to communicate to your partner through like being aware of their love language and your love language gives you an immense ability to be able to connect with your partner and where it can become really confusing when you don't have awareness around this is like, for instance, I am a words of affirmation person. Syndra is an acts of service person. Mm. So I will tell Syndra 
10 times a day how much I appreciate her, how much I love her, that her butt is amazing. And it slides, you know, it kind of just slides by. And I'm like, you know, really intentionally giving love through the way I like to receive it. But it doesn't mean anywhere near as much as if I was to, you know, unpack the dishwasher or, you know, put her car through the car wash or do something that helps her day-to-day life be more, you know, free and easy and manageable. So a lot of people get stuck in the conflict when they think I'm just pouring so much love into my partner and it's not being received. And until you actually know how they like to receive love, then you can do it with intention and purpose and know that it's going to hit the mark. Yeah, yeah. And see, yeah, mine is um, like just just looking at that, like you your acts of service. Um, so that's actually bottom of my list. So, mm. um, yeah, so mine's like physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time. Um, then I think it's gifts. So I like a bunch of flowers every now and again. And acts of service is last because – and I think that's because as well, like um, – I am used to doing most of the stuff myself. So it doesn't, you know, it, like it's nice, but it, it doesn't sort of rate as highly as the other ones. But, you know, if I was in a relationship with somebody who act, they valued acts of service and I just wanted to sit on the lounge and gaze into their eyes because that's how I communicate, we run into issues. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. All the time. Yeah, it happens all the time. And also within that, it's also knowing how they like to receive their love language as well. Mm. You know, like they might, words of affirmation might mean they want to hear constantly, uh, I love you, you know, oh, our relationship is so loving and that kind of thing. Whereas like for Luke, I know that he likes to, me to say stuff like you're really sexy and you're so handsome and that kind of thing. Like I know that that is how he likes to receive it. So it's like, yes, you need to know the love language. And then within that, you need to know how they like to receive it as well. Yeah, that's that's something that I hadn't really thought about as well because an acts of service can vary anything from cooking to um, cleaning out the car or, you know, and one will rate higher than the other. Yeah. 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 And this is something that we come across in our coaching all the time is that, you know, a partner will f- do the quiz and they might find out that their partner is an acts of service person. And they'll say to me, but I do shit all the time. Like I mow the lawn and, you know, I go to work and I work 60 hours a week. And, you know, my reply to that is you need to be brave enough to ask your partner how they actually like to receive their acts of service because doing your normal duties, like your normal day-to-day things, isn't considered, you know, pouring love into that love tank. That's just what you do. That's, you know, who you are. That's how you turn up in the world. Knowing how your partner likes to receive it it can be vulnerable. You know, you're asking for an external check, like how am I doing with your love language language? How would you like to receive it? Um, But it also gives you an excellent map in knowing that all of your efforts will be really well received. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's so important, isn't it? Because we do. We sort of flail around and there's a lot of guesswork. So just Mm. asking that question can, yeah, save everybody a lot of angst, I think. Yeah. So there's, there's a flip side of the love languages too, Louise, in that when it comes to conflict, yeah, the love languages come into play as well. Okay. So for instance, if you were a, um, 
a words of affirmation person or say a physical touch person and you were in conflict and part of that conflict meant that you got like negative words towards you, then if your love languages was words of affirmation, then that would cut just a little bit deeper. Mm. You know, if your love language was physical touch and you reached out a hand and during that conflict your hand was slapped away or, you know, you tried to hug somebody and they pushed you away, then that's going to cut just that little bit deeper than, you know, and something else. Yeah, I get that. A hundred percent, I get that. Yeah, and I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't even thought about that flip side of it, but you're exactly right. Um, yeah, yeah, I know that, yeah, it would it would hurt me a lot if I reached out for a hand during a conflict and it, and the hand was rejected. That would be, yeah, ouch, yeah, and, ouch. And, <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. And just having the awareness around your own love language gives you sometimes a, an awareness of why am I so upset right now? Mm. Like why am I like unrealistically upset mm. about what just happened and knowing that, oh, that's right, it's, you know, it's probably because of that love language piece. Yeah, 100%. This is gold, guys. I really love yeah. this. Um, so, yeah, you- it's like I think because it's kind of tangible, yeah. kind of like really dig into it, you know, it's, it's easy, it gives you a framework and – we always recommend like doing a little bit of a check-in every, you know, every day and just kind of think, oh, have I, you know, given my partner their love, love language today? Just simple question, kind of check in with that as well. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Guys, absolute gold once again. I really thank you uh, for sharing this and it is such an important thing in getting everybody on the same page uh, in their relationships and really thriving in it. So, if you wanted to check out Luke and Sindra, you can find them on Instagram, Conscious Couples, and they also have a podcast. There is so many uh, resources that they have. So uh, always a fascinating chat, guys. I thank you once again for being a guest on Lipstick After Dark. Sometimes cheeky, always fun. It's After Dark, right here on Newcastle Live Radio. Thanks so much for your company tonight, dear listener. I know it's been one hell of a day. The only thing we can do in these unprecedented times is to surrender and contribute to society by staying under the covers at home. Whether that's with your lover or self-love, I think it's the perfect time to read the Kama Sutra or take the love language quiz and luxuriate in the unscheduled hours we have available to us just now. I'll leave you with a lipstick kiss from an appropriate distance, of course, and wish you a warm and safe week in your little corner of the world. I'm Louise Wilkinson, and this has been Lipstick After Dark. Grab your wine, put your headphones on and relax. It's time to rip open the cover of the sealed section and delve deep. But be warned, it's adults only. It's After Dark with Louise Wilkinson from 8pm every Thursday night, only on Newcastle Live Radio.